Michigan's Upper Peninsula is my home and Escanaba is my hometown. I'm Craig Warple. Hometown Escanaba connects with the people, activities, and newsmakers of Escanaba and the UP. Join us for more interviews at hometownescanaba.com. Now let's find out what's going on. Joining us this morning is Mark Amel, candidate for the Escanaba City Council. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. What do you think of being introduced like that? Candidate well, for the Escanaba City Council. It's a longer introduction than I usually get. It's usually, here's Mark with his coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming in and having yeah, some coffee here absolutely. this morning. Thanks for having coffee. Why did you decide to run for City Council? Well, I have had a small business on Lettington Street for a number of years, and I have looked at different options for repairing and improving and expanding my my building and developing my property and I haven't been very satisfied with the options I've been presented and I feel that one thing I can do from my business in the future is to do everything that I can to improve the community and, and the surroundings of my business and what do you mean by options what options well an option as a um, as a resident of Escanabas I can sign up some papers and I can run for city council and perhaps I can learn more about the processes. building. Oh, options for the building. Well, you own Bob Balloons. I do own Bob Balloons. So, you know, I have two sides that are exposed from when a building was torn down and that's kind of a lengthy story that will, I don't want to bore everyone with, but, um, I've looked at the facade loan program a couple of times. I haven't been very satisfied with the results of what was drawn up for me. And I didn't feel that the people working on it had really, paid close enough attention to to what my business might need or what my goals were with the business. Well, you're on the DDA board. I am, but they're I the ones that administer that though. They well, administer that loan. Yeah, they administer, but you know, when you use that term administer, really the DDA board just kind of provides a venue for a business owner to come in, pick up some paperwork, fill it out, file it, and the rest of it goes through the state and when you administer, it's just money that's passing through. Mhm. So the DDA doesn't have control over any of the projects. Um, we don't design anything. We, we hire a contractor to do that. We hire engineers. So we don't really have any control. How would that change if you were on the council? Well, right now it doesn't have to because the whole facade loan program is done. Okay. It's, it's, it's been scrapped. It needs to be overhauled. And because of COVID-19? Um, I'm not going to say it's because of that. It's... It just needs to be overhauled. It's it's gotten bogged down by a number of different things. From the city's perspective or the state? Um, from the state. Okay. So the, the state scrapped it. The city didn't. So, so that's done. Um, we'll probably see some sort of new version of something similar to that in the future. When you talk with other business people through mm-hmm. the downtown or even other parts of the community, are you finding similar concerns? And what are they? Well, I've talked with the, the people that are have been in the facade loan program this past round. I was originally in it and I, again, I opted out because I didn't like the direction that the plans that were drawn for me were heading. Mm -hmm. Um, And these other people now have invested money. They've put it in escrow. They haven't been able to use it. Um, They've made a lot of scheduling changes based on when contracting dates were going to start. None of those came true. And so these people have just been sitting and waiting and nothing's happened for them. So now they have to work on trying to get their money back. So you they're know, very frustrated. From your perspective, you know that some people are concerned about the condition of your building well, since the one behind it was torn down. What's your answer to that? Well, contrary to, to, I don't know how popular the belief is, but that's actually not what I want my building to look like. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was not my design or, you know, it's certainly not my desire to have it look that way. Um, 
my plan right now this fall is to cut off what's what's uneven there and just shore it up and cover it so okay nothing nothing really spectacular i've always wanted to do something a little bit more expansive but i feel that some of our building practices around here are a little bit restrictive and i think we're literally in the process of revamping a lot of that right now certainly a lot can be said about what's Escanaba's reputation as far as developers are concerned. Mm -hmm. When you look at what was going on on 7th Street and Ludington, Mm -hmm. what's going on at the the, uh, former Northern Motors Building, Mm -hmm. House of Ludington, the uh, housing unit out by Meyer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just kind of talk me through what you thought about all of those different things and what it might mean for the future of Escanaba. Well, especially compared to other communities in the UP, mm-hmm. and let's think of one, mm, Marquette. Right. When I look at, at other places and I look at what what I feel is happening here is, honestly, I just don't think we are attracting real honest investors here. What I've seen so far is groups that have this, this idea of grant money that's somewhere there's a, there's a pile of money that you can just get, and then you can kind of do what you want with it. And I think maybe at one point in time, a long time ago, grant money was somewhat similar to that, but it's all been changed now, and you, your grant money's come in the form of long-term tax rebates, um, things like that. So oftentimes what we're seeing is someone acquiring a building or a group acquiring a building with this thought that there's going to be all this money to just pump into it and fix it up, and then they can put a business into it, but... You have to have money to invest in it first, and you have to show that you have the financial wherewithal to do that in order to even get the grant monies. So what we've had is a lot of not properly thought through projects started, and they're still sitting. How do we then develop, get whatever the leadership needed within the community to help foster the type of development that is needed to move the community forward? I think the right answer to that question, Craig, is is twofold. One is we really need to see better turnout in um, our elections when we when we have the chance to vote on something. We have a really lackluster performance as far as our voting population goes. Two, we need more people to do literally what I'm doing. Well, I'll put my name in the hat and I'll go in and I'll give it a try instead of just standing around in groups complaining about things. I haven't seen anything in my lifetime get fixed by complaining about it. Okay. The uh, <coughs> development that we need then within the community would be what? Where would you, what would your vision of the community be? Are you speaking like a physical development, like yeah. a building or Where, a project? What should we mean, be as a community? I mean, as a community, what, for like, um, structurally, visually, like yeah, something anything. you want to, because I'm still stuck on that. We just really need everyone to, to put a little more effort in. I mean, we're really good about wanting, you know, we say we want things, we say we want change, but we don't do much to foment it. Um, visually, I mean, I would like us to, like, I, I believe I said it last night, embrace new technologies. When I say technologies, I mean, we need to take a really hard look at what our building practices are. Do we want to be able to build up higher? Or do we want to sprawl out further? Do we want to introduce new building materials? Do we want to look like a new modern city? Do we want to try to preserve 
historic things and try to restrict new construction to match the historic things? Do we want to have a, a 50-50 mix of modern buildings and, and old-fashioned buildings? We don't really have a clear path for that. I would, I'm okay with either path, whatever the property owner decides. As long as someone's willing to invest their time and commit to the community, I think we need to support that. And I'd like to see that kind of, I, I, I don't have a program written up how to do that right now, but I would just like us to encourage things like people coming in, purchasing a building, fixing it, putting a building or a business into it, and staying here rather than out-of-state investment groups scooping up properties that to them look really cheap right now with the intent of getting grant monies, putting something in quickly, selling it off to someone here who doesn't understand the scope of the cost, and moving on before those tax rebates are up. A lot of the reason the property might be cheaper than other parts of the country is mm -hmm. just the conditions of the property. Correct. A lot is being said about the condition of especially housing within our mm -hmm. community, which, as you can see demographically, the income of residents in Escanaba is much poorer than, say, the income of residents in Gladstone. Mm -hmm. How do you overcome the condition of housing in Escanaba? That's one I put a pause on as far as my answer last night because I think there's there's so many facets to it that to to if I whatever I say right now I'll likely have a shift in my opinion probably within two months of delving into it deeper if I do get elected if I do spend more time studying that um, from the outside there's definitely a need for a, a quality level of housing. We, we need to work on, on how we're terming these things because we get, we get really confused about um, low income because it's got a really negative connotation. Affordable housing also has a negative connotation. I think first we need to, I hate to use the word brand when you're talking about housing because that doesn't really seem, <laughs> seem like a fair approach, but we really need to, to come up with, with better, more accurate terms so that people understand what low or moderate or affordable income means. It's... Um, it just seems to imply to people up here that it's, it's going to bring in some sort of demographic that, that nobody wants. But really, it's just giving people like, like the employees that work for me in my business a chance to have a, a nice place to live. And I'm not saying a fancy place, just a clean place that doesn't have mold in the walls. Mm -hmm. How about the condo situation? And I hate to, again, compare us to Marquette, but you can see what's happening up there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Marquette's poured a lot of money into into concepts like that. And it seems, I mean, when we drive up there and we look at it, it looks pretty. And it seems like it's working really well. I don't know what the cost-benefit analysis for the municipality is offhand. So I'm assuming it's it's been a good move. But I can't really speak to that without having more knowledge on it. You said you are running and hope that you would again gain a lot of knowledge if mm -hmm. elected. And that's not unusual for candidates who have not been on the council before. Correct. So tell me about what you're thinking there. Well, you said questions about housing, um, you know, questions about, you know, uh, our budget, how we're supposed to balance that or, or what order we're supposed to do things in as far as repairing our streets and what kind of signage we're going to put up, what grant monies, what grant programs and monies we're already uh, pursuing or in the process of receiving. There's a lot of those things that, in general, the public doesn't, seem to have a grasp of but we really formulate a lot of opinions on whether or not we think 
things are happening. And turns out there's oftentimes a lot more happening in this little community than we think there are. So I will likely learn a lot about everything. It's what I did when I got on the DDA board. I, I had an opinion of the DDA, and I didn't think it was very good, and it didn't do this. And then I got on, and I realized, well, actually, it's doing quite a bit. It's doing more than people think. Also, it's not what people think it is. How, what about your accomplishments on the DDA board? How have you felt about serving on that? I feel that right now our board's quite functional. I think we've made a lot of progress. Um, we've overhauled a couple of things that, that needed some work, and I think we're on path to be a, an effective DDA for the future. What does that mean? What what constitutes well, being effective? We have, we've managed to hire a new director, and... That turns out it's not an easy task. You don't just go to the basket of directors, pick one out, and put them in there. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, it was a bit of a lengthy process. And and then training in a director, I don't want to use the word training, but um, mm -hmm. allowing the director the time to adjust to a new area, learn how things work here, learning how to relate to people, and then trying to fit in with the tasks we want the director to do is a process. So that's been effective. Um, we've gone through and overhauled the review process so we can give our director accurate guidance. Um, we've formed several subcommittees so that we can work on specific issues. And that's that's a lot of progress that we what didn't have. What issue has been important to you? Oh, goodness. Well, honestly, the review process and Having That's a plan to serve on? yeah, having okay. a plan to um, be able to be functional when I'm not on there anymore is really my goal. It's getting us structured so that that we have formats to follow. So when we get new members in, they can function right away. Why should someone vote for you? Ooh, I'm really bad at the whole campaigning thing. Um, I'm not really. Sh I, I really don't know why they should. Um, I'm essentially doing this to show that. You could also do You have done it in the past, haven't you? Yes, I did. Yes, you have. Um, I've had a, just, I spend so much time with people talking because I'm on the DDA, because I have a business, because I'm on Ludington Street, because I'm involved in other aspects in the community. I spend a lot of my outside the grill at the restaurant time, I'm not going to say free time, talking <laughs> about city issues all the time. And so I've, I've essentially reached the limit of, of talking about it where I either have to stop talking about it or go and try and do a little bit more and so i am doing what i have wished other people would do so i guess that's that's probably a pretty good reason is i'm just going to go and do it instead of talking about it mark amel is a candidate for the escanaba city council thank you for talking with us i really appreciate it thanks craig thank you for listening a special thanks to our sponsor swedishpimple.com Check out all of the fishing lures made right here in the Upper Peninsula at SwedishPimple.com. You can continue to follow us at HometownEscanaba.com. We connect with the people, activities, and newsmakers from Escanaba and Michigan's Upper Peninsula.